Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Friday, March 24th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. With another astonishing performance by its point guard, Marquise Noel, Kansas State outlasted Michigan State in overtime at Madison Square Garden and has advanced to the NCAA Tournament's Elite Eight. That's one step away from the Final Four. On today's Sports Beat KC podcast, beat writer Kellis Robinette and columnist Vahe Gregorian break down the edge of your seat East Regional semifinal. And in the middle of it all was Noel, who set an NCAA tournament record with 19 assists to go along with his 20 points. Noel's final two assists won the game. His lob pass to Keontae Johnson from distance was finished with a back-to-the-basket slam to break a tie, and his inbounds pass to Ismail Massoud on a clever play led to the breathing room jumper. Great stuff all around from Noel and the Wildcats, who, with a victory over Florida Atlantic on Saturday, will reach the Final Four for the first time since 1964. Okay, let's get started talking Wildcats. You know, it was a good game when we spend a good five minutes before turning on the recording talking about the game. And that's how good Kansas State's 98-93 victory over Michigan State in overtime was on Thursday night in the East Region semifinals. The Sweet 16, it really was an amazing game. Edge of your seat stuff, breathtaking plays, and we'll get into all of it with Vahe Gregorian and Kellis Robinette. Um, I don't know where to start. I'll tell you what, since uh, since I'm at the Sportsbeat KC World Headquarters in Kansas City, and you were <laughs> in the heart of the Big Apple, I, I want to know a little bit about the scene with um, with Marquise Noel and, and three teammates going back to New York City, um, you know, being there Wednesday, Thursday, and now through the, the entire time. Callis, what was um, what did all the guys say about just going back to New York? Um, yeah, just a dream come true, and the dream got even better last night when they won the game. Um, I was worried coming in that maybe you'd see a little jitters from those guys. I mean, nothing in um, this green earth is going to make a, a New York City basketball player more nervous than playing a game at Madison Square Garden, but Marquise Noel comes out, immediately throws a lob to Keanti Johnson. Clearly, he's ready to go. Ishmael Masood, I do think he was he was nervous because he clanged his first two shots. And when he got to the free throw line, he did really look like, oh, my goodness, I'm standing at Madison Square Garden. But as soon as he got his first shot to drop, he was just unconscious. He scores 15 points, which, uh, you know, I guess is the new norm from him. You get him open from three, he's going to make him. So it was just extremely surreal. Um, everybody in the arena was just loving it. Not only are the, is, this, is it this back and forth game. It's never out of reach, feels like a boxing match, but it's uh, three Kansas State players who are from New York City. Naquan Tomlin also had a really good game out there making all these plays. And um, it's got it's been a the most the funniest thing I think I've seen throughout this entire NCAA tournament. I saw it in North Carolina, too, was um, the faces on these people, um, the reaction they have after Noel sends out these behind the back assists, these crazy no look things. Like after seeing it 35 times, it's, you know, like nothing new to me. I'm not like jumping out of my seat and hooting and hollering, but these people are like going crazy. Like, oh my gosh, did you just see that pass? They're seeing it for the first time. So for him to do that 19 times, um, and it just really hit home that, you know, after the game, they honored him for setting the assist record with 19 and put his face in the video board at MSG. I mean, just think about how cool that is for a guy from Harlem to have that moment. Um, just, just unbelievable. 
Yeah, um, there, there was. I, we didn't get to see that on TV. Uh, one thing I, I will, and, and you probably didn't get to see much of the TV coverage, although I noticed, Kellis, you referred to it in one of the stories that you wrote, and we'll talk about that, something Tom Izzo told TBS. But um, there was a comment by Jay Wright after the game, who, you know, two-time NCAA champion coach from Villanova, who's now in the studio, that I thought was pretty interesting. And he's just talking about New York City guards uh, it's it's not about the scoring or the bucket for for them. It's it's about you know creating the bucket and the play. And I thought last night was just this wonderful example of how Marquise Noel dominated a game with, without scoring a ton of points. You know, without going for thirty five points or like what Drew Timmy did in for Gonzaga, uh, going for thirty six to to beat UCLA, but. Marquise Noel was in charge of that game last night and he did it. What's cool is he, he does it in spectacular fashion sometimes. Yeah. Still maybe, you know, it's common it's become commonplace to you, Kellis, because you've covered every one of his games. Uh, but yeah, to the, uh, to those that are watching him for the first time or just since the NCAA tournament started, it, it is spectacular stuff. Um I'm I'm old school enough, and Vahe, I know um, I talk about our age a lot, but it reminds me of some old school stuff that you used to see from Pete Maravich and Ernie D was another one. Um, there are certainly more modern examples of guys that were terrific, you know, passers and ball handlers, but those are two original ones for me. This was your one of your first opportunities to see Marquise Noel. What what so what really impressed you about him and his game? Well, a couple of things, Blair. I, 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 this is probably not exactly the right uh, anecdote, but I, we, we had a little flash of the Willis Reed feeling last night too at the Garden with him uh, coming back from the injury. Yeah. Um, that, you know, he was kind of shrugging that off later, but when he went off the court, he needed two guys helping him, and he was putting no weight on that on that leg. So I, it was more worrisome than than uh, I think he made it out to be, but didn't didn't look like he. Uh, flinched much afterwards um all the things you said Blair really are exactly how I I felt too um you know I was struck by this Kellis uh when we were walking into the locker room afterwards you walked down a hallway with uh a lot of uh posters of people who've had amazing moments at at Madison Square Garden you, you see here's Jimi Hendrix here's Bob Dylan here's Billy Joel and uh somewhere in there probably were some sports ones I didn't see those but I I just got thinking as I was going down the hallway that that he's just added himself to that that list, right? You know, at, at the Garden, first time he's ever played in Madison Square Garden, despite being just a few miles from here. Um, so, I, I a couple of just quick thoughts and images from that last night. You know, Kellis and I got talking about this being one of the greatest games we've ever been to, and and undeniably it was. I mean, I, I can think of certainly seven, eight, 10 that I, I'll always remember. And and I, I think this will be in that place. And part of it's because of meeting the moment um, this way and, and the result for K-State. Um, I also remember, uh, you know, we were sitting, we had Michigan State fans behind us so close, their, their knees were basically in our back. And uh, we were right on top of the court, pretty cool seats. And I remember at one point, you know, on a night where we're thinking about his 19 assists, but he he hits a bucket, uh, fade away, you know, off one leg. And I just heard that one of the Michigan State fans say, nothing you can do. 
<laughs> and that, I think that became sort of the prevailing feeling about it. The last thing in this burst I'll say is I, I didn't get to use this in what I wrote. Kellis, maybe you did, but I don't think so. Jerome Tang said it well when he said all 10 eyes on the other end of the court have to be on uh, Marquise Noel. And that, that says a lot about how you have to play him. Izzo used the term mesmerized at one point. He was talking about a couple specific plays, but he said he thought the team was mesmerized by Noel. That, I think, said it well, too, because we all were. The comment that made me laugh is I heard some fans saying that uh, after watching years of bad Knicks basketball, they thought that was the the best game Madison Square Garden had seen in like two decades. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, Let me add another name to my list of players who were just dazzling. I, I forgot about Earl the Pearl Monroe. Um, who who played in the garden right for the Knicks and was that type of player as well. I um I I love that thought about all 10 eyes, you know, having to be on Noel. That that's exactly right. Uh, it, time and again, once once Noel beats his defender, um, it, it is game on for, for Kansas. Then he has options because you know who's you know who what open cat is gonna, gonna be available to him because they have to help on defense. And he always finds that guy. And and when and when the Wildcats go eleven for twenty four on threes, it's not just a guy at the basket, you know, getting the getting the assist uh, for for Noel. It's you know, it's Masood. It's um, it, it's Keontae Johnson. It's other, you know, n- name that player who can knock down the three. It was a terrific shooting performance. Uh, Kellis, you put it in your story really well. When when Kansas State shoots like it did from deep. Um, I, I don't care how much they get out rebounded. You know, Michigan State dominated the offensive boards, or especially early. When Kansas State shoots like that and um, and can get to the basket with Noel, they are. I don't. I don't know who beats them. Well, when they make shots, and even more importantly, they don't turn the ball over. They're pretty mm-hmm. much unbeatable. And you told me coming into this game, they were only going to commit five turnovers in forty-five minutes. Um, well, first off, I said they definitely win committing five turnovers. But then I said, how in the world does it go to overtime? It uh, just kind of shows how elite Michigan State played on offense themselves be in this game. Um, you know, I will say Kansas State has been a, a smidge fortunate with uh, some of the breaks in this bracket. They played Kentucky, who doesn't turn you over. They've played Michigan State, who doesn't turn you over. And now they're going to play Florida Atlantic, who also doesn't turn you over. Jerome Tang has got to be um, just thanking the basketball gods for that. I mean, it's certainly no given that you're going to win the games. These are all still toss-ups that they've been in. Um, but taking care of the basketball, shooting it well has been a really big deal. And I wonder, Marquise Noel has been so good in this NCAA tournament as a facilitator. I really wonder if coaches looking at him now say, you know what, we've got to make him shoot. I, I don't care if he's making low threes. I don't care if he. I don't care if he's scoring forty points. We can't let him keep racking up these assists. We can't keep helping. You know when he comes in the lane. Um, that's, I mean, that's probably what I would try if I was Florida Atlantic because he's respond. It seems like he's responsible for more points as an assist man than as a scorer anymore. He had a, in the Kentucky game, I didn't see this until long after the game and long after we filed our stories, but I, I think I saw where he either in the second half when he had 23 of his 27, he, he had scored or assist on 90% of the, the whatever the point total was for Kansas State in the second half. Um, it, I don't think the percentage was that high against Michigan State, but it could have been. I, I don't know. I haven't put pen to paper. I, maybe, um, it, maybe it was, you know, in that range. 
I think I read for the, I think I read for the game. It was like 68% he scored or helped on Mm. 68% of the uh, buckets. And if you want one more stat that shows just how important Marquise was in this game, the two minutes he was off the court, the one stretch when Michigan state dominated, they they went on a nine to two run when he was not on the floor and he was mad about it. He was getting wrapped. He even, he picked up a towel and threw it on the ground and was like, this is ridiculous. Get me back in this game. Uh, but that, that was really the only surge that Michigan State had, and that's why it ended up going overtime, I think. I want to say that only two was the was the bucket that Keontae Johnson uh, scored, throwing it off the back of the Michigan State player from under the basket. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Great play by him, by the way. It was. <laughs> you know, gets the bucket and the assist. <laughs> Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. One of the topics that we were uh, covering before we came on the air was the the the, the last two assists for Marquise Noel. He's sitting on 17, one away from the, the record for an NCAA tournament game, any game, not just a Sweet 16 game, but any game in the NCAA tournament. He's sitting on 17. Number 18 is the 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 35-foot pass to uh, uh, breaking Keontae Johnson from the corner who catches it with his back to the basket and slams it home. 52 seconds to go. That broke a tie. I believe that one broke a tie. Um, did it? You're not, I think it made it 90, uh, 96, 94, 92, or I think 94, 92, maybe 94, 90. They never trailed again. Cause I think uh, Michigan state then hit one of two free throws right. and uh, I can't remember who it was now. Was it uh, ish that, that hit the next bucket? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it hit the fadeaway too, to put them up three. Right. Okay. So, well, let's talk about that. The, 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 the past that the, the, the highlight, the single highlight, not the single highlight, but the one that will be, shown most prominently uh th- that pass what uh so much happening here i know that the, the the tbs panel spent an entire segment breaking it down in the post game with the, with but before the press conferences uh panelists disagreeing on whether it was you know uh, what, the, what the intent behind it was and and did um, you know did marquise noel go rogue on the play so what what all was said about about the play, uh, Kellis, uh, that um, that will live forever. Really, it'll it'll be part of NCAA tournament highlights forever. Well, a lot of a great deal of many things were said about this play. Um, I don't know that we'll ever get a full straight answer. Um, Taylor Eldridge had a good deep dive on it. You should go check it out on our website. After watching about as much slow footage as you could, he his. Uh, opinion was that you see Jerome Tang fold his arms on the sideline as he's coming up and he chose two, which means in his opinion, the crossed arms meant we should do a lob to Keontae and the two means you should do it in two more seconds. Um, And I would have to go back and watch. Now they've run this play before they beat Oklahoma state 
with a lob to Keontae Johnson. They beat Kansas with a lob to Keontae Johnson. They started the, this game with a lob to Keontae Johnson. So whatever was happening, I mean, shame on Michigan State that they were just asleep at the wheel here and weren't, uh, you know, full-on spidey senses trying to stop this thing. But but that matches up. I'd have to go back and see if he crossed his arms in those other games. The interesting thing about it to me, though, is it reminded me a lot of, you know, the the play that uh, Patrick Mahomes pulled off with Travis Kelsey in that playoff game where it was like, you know, they kind of knew what they wanted to do and he yelled, do it, Kells, do it, Kells, and he hits it. That to me is kind of what it was. I think it was Jerome Tang, Keontae Johnson, and Marquise Noel just kind of having a uh, a little banter on the sideline, only that they knew what was happening. And when their eyes locked, when Noel saw Keontae, it was game on, here it is. But the funniest thing about this is like, I went and asked the other players who were on the floor about this. I asked Cam Carter, was that the play call? And he's like, no, no. I was in the corner. I was supposed to cut the ball. We were, we were supposed to do this. We were supposed to do that. That came out of nowhere. David Gasson was on the floor. He's like, I had no idea what they were doing. Uh, I was expecting something else. So um, it's interesting that half the team just decided, you know what? Let's go rogue here. Let's win this ourselves. We don't even need our teammates. So and no matter what happened, it was a great play. Well, the extra, the extra twist on it and – I, I hope we get the Zabruder film sometime and get the whole the whole breakdown uh, because what I don't know is when in this sequence <laughs> Noel turned to the sideline to Isaiah Thomas and former Michigan State star Mateen Cleves, who he just thought of as a friend of Isaiah Thomas's, he didn't know who it was, and said, "Watch this." I don't know. Did he did he say it before the little pretend kerfuffle with Jerome? Did he before the eye contact with Keontae? I, I'd like to know when that was said. And, uh, uh, you know, it was funny. Uh, a friend of the star, Adam Kilgore of the Washington Post, was sitting over on that side and uh, was hearing the exchange going on. And um, it was it was a uh, uh, good-hearted banner, basically. And he said that uh, after the game, he asked Mateen Cleves about it. And uh, Mateen said, I, I love that guy, talking about uh, Noel. So he's... Got fans even in the opposition camp. Well, he's having the type of impact on Kansas State run, Kansas State's run that Mateen Cleves had in 2000 when Michigan State won its most recent national title. Cleves was tremendous uh, for, for the Spartans that year. Um, so that's the first. That was assist number 18. Assist number 19, uh, it was the uh, – you're right, Michigan State, one of two free throws to cut it to a one-point game. Kansas State had the ball out of bounds with, I think, 4.7 seconds to go. So they had to get get the ball in quickly and get something up. We saw in the uh, in the Kentucky game that the, the uh, Kansas State ran a, a football play, speaking of Patrick Mahomes, a bubble screen uh, to get the ball in bounds. This one, they needed to get the ball in bounds, you, uh, you know, and score. And they, uh, again, ran some sort of, you know, play which – there was no movement. You couldn't have other players out of bounds, but you had you had great kind of football movement on that 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 created the opening for uh, for for uh, who who was it that uh, it wasn't Naquan? It was uh, Masood. Masood. Yeah, Ish Masood that that popped open and you know on on the baseline. And Marquise Noel sent him a bounce pass that he found himself open and knocked down a, a, you know, about a 15 footer or so that restored the three point lead. Um, I, I thought 
just a great play, just a great out of bounds play. We're so used to, you know, praising Kansas and Bill Self for his creativity and out of bounds plays. I've seen a couple from Kansas State in this tournament that have just been as good as any I've, I've seen. Um, and and Masood's been shooting the ball so well in the tournament that when, once it left his hands, I said, I wonder if he's too close to the basket, you know, because he'd hit a 30 footer earlier and um, and been knocking down his threes. But he did. He, he knocked this one down, 97-94 lead for K-State. And Noel had his 19th in NCAA tournament uh, record assists. Carlos, what, um, uh, any any chatter about that one afterwards? Uh, I just thought it was interesting that um, it seemed like a low percentage shot that they got. Um, Ishmael Masood from two-point range isn't really what you want. He's 40% pretty much from three. I can probably count on one hand the number of twos he's made this year. So not only to make that shot, but to do it with a guy right in his face, just kind of showed it was Kansas State's night. And um, very cool that it was two New York guys hooking up on that play that put him across the record. And one thing, Kellis, I don't know if this looked like this to you sitting next to each other there or if you saw it this way on TV, Blair, but they got that ball. It was uh, at first what looked like an apparent air ball uh, three-point attempt by Noel. And he had the presence of mind. I, I, I don't remember if it was called that way initially or not. I thought it was, but he pointed out that, you know, it had been been blocked. And sure enough, K-State ultimately was awarded the ball. I, I don't know if his argument uh, was what got it done, but um, it, it you know, that, that could have been Michigan State's ball. Yeah. Um, the I, I thought as soon as the shot fell where it did, I it had to have been tipped. You couldn't see it in live but you just thought it had to have been tipped but the other thing um you know if you're a Michigan State player getting in position for a rebound you've got to know where the ball is and keep your eye on it that's that's a that's a ball that Michigan State could have corralled and um and started down the other way with so in a one point you know would have been a, at the time a one point game uh, yeah good point boy the other thing that I love how the game ended for, for Noel, that he got the final bucket on the steal while Michigan State seemed to pass up about three or four different, you know, at least quick looks for a three-pointer, looking for an even better one. And then Noel finally uh, slaps the ball um, and, and pick up, picks up the steal. Um, one, one of the – I don't know which of the television announcers said this, but made a good point. If If he doesn't get all ball there – that's that's a foul in the act of shooting a three pointer uh, with Kansas State leading by three. That was a risk uh, that Marquise Noel took there, but it paid off for him. Uh, and that you know that that one paid off for him. Him missing a couple of thirty plus three point attempts, one at the end of toward the end of regulation, and another uh, you know the like the the one that was tipped to go out of bounds. I think questionable shots, but do you do you throw any caution to a player who's having the game that he is? Do you tell him get him over in the huddle and you know and and and, and you know harsh is mellow a little bit? To uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if you say anything to him at that point. Kellis, how did you say it last night that, that they were? You didn't say live by the sword, die by the sword, but I think you kind of made the point that whatever was going to happen was going to be you know sort of his will. Right. I mean, you weren't going to and to your point, Blair, you weren't you just couldn't corral that. Yeah, I mean, you just got to look at things a little bit differently with Marquise. Um, his assist to turnover ratio last night with nine and a half 
to one, which is amazing. But you kind of have to always throw in like another number in there. With him, there's an assist to turnover to missed, like ridiculously long shots ratio. And you gotta just gotta understand that he's gonna take two shots a game that you're like, that was dumb. Um, and sometimes they go in and it's like, wow, that's great. Um, but he does so much well that you just kind of got to live with him playing that way. And I think if you tell him, hey, dial it back a little bit, then you lose something else somewhere in the game. The only thing I would say, though, is that, hey, if if you really wanted to reel him in a little bit, I would ask him, what do you think the other team would rather you do at this point in the game? When you've had a, a, an all-time record 19 assists, do you think they'd rather have you be facilitating or shooting a logo three? answer is probably they want you shooting that shot. So maybe look to assist a little bit more in those situations. You know, this was sort of a matter of necessity, but that three-pointer he made when he had just come back into the game um, was not a good shot. Um, No. It was was, the shot clock was running down. He was kind of circling out from down near the baseline and literally almost falling over. And when I asked him about it in the locker room afterwards, he said, yeah, it was a prayer. And, uh, and, and the prayer was answered. <laughs> so that was kind of how it went for him last night. Well, how about we talked for almost 25 minutes and just get, we're just getting to that shot, which was an incredible moment in the game and tied the game. That was a big, you know, stem that Michigan state had gotten momentum, right. From the Noel just returned to the floor from his, from his injury. And so uh, all right. What one of the uh, what, probably something people don't know is when you when you cover a an NCAA tournament and you cover the first game, you don't watch a moment of the second game. So um, you guys did not see the Florida Atlantic victory over Tennessee, but all that's standing between K State and its first Final Four appearance since 1964, when the game when, when the Final Four was at Municipal Auditorium in Kansas City is the Florida Atlantic Owls, um, the, the number nine seed. They were pretty impressive, the, the comeback and the uh, that they made on, on the Vols. And um, Tennessee had pushed them around, had played so well, and then all of a sudden this, this Florida Atlantic team did what it's been doing throughout the tournament. It just kind of turned into a buzzsaw. They're, they're not big. Uh, but they get, but, but they did a great job on the boards in the second half against Tennessee. They get scoring from a lot of different places. You guys will learn more about the the Owls today. They're coached by a, a person whose college basketball experience was being a manager for Indiana's uh, uh, for for the Hoosiers. It's um, it, they're really a great story, and they would be uh, quite the Cinderella team in in college basketball. But I, but Marquise Noel has. You know he's the marquee guy. He is uh, he has stolen the headlines. So I don't think there is a sentimental favorite in in this one. Um, on 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 Saturday at six six oh nine Eastern five oh nine tip time here in um, in the American time zone, as I like to say. So you make <laughs> I like that. I don't think I've ever heard you use that, but I'm going to start using it. Just uh, uh, that's a really interesting point, though. You made Blair that that normally the so-called Cinderella. Uh, in a in a regional final where there's two non-local teams, that would be the one that would would surely be getting the uh, sentimental boost. But uh, with all these guys, with the three particularly from New York, with uh, Marquis saying last night there were 200 people there to see him, uh, that that 
that's going to be negated, if not obscured by by that factor. And boy, Kellis, we saw plenty of purple here to begin with, and not a lot of those people are going to leave, I don't think. So I I think it'll be a pretty good K-State crowd. I do, too. Um, in my experience, the last two times Kansas State was in the Elite Eight, played Loyola, Chicago, and Butler. I don't know what it is with these mid-major teams. It's all they seem to play in the Elite Eight. <laughs> Unfortunately, they keep losing to them, so – I don't know. I think maybe, I don't know. Not a great omen that they're playing for in Atlantic, but totally different coaching staff, totally different regime. Maybe it doesn't matter. Anyways, my experience, K-State fans find a way to come in on uh, on the weekend and watch that Elite Eight game. So I assume you'll see some purple people show up. They'll find a way to get here, whether it's by train, plane, or automobile. Uh, that place will be packed. So It'll be a good game. I got to tell you, though, I'm sure a lot of people, most casual basketball fans, don't know much about Florida Atlantic. They're really good. They've won 34 games. Not only that, do they win a lot of games? They won a lot of games compared to expectations. They're 23 and 11 against the spread. They just really know how to win. A lot of seniors on their roster, they come at you in ways. They can shoot the ball. They can defend. The one thing they really can't do, though, is turn you over. So maybe Kansas State can turn that into another win here. Just to expand on one point, Kellis, too, and you made too, Blair. I mean, so K-State has actually lost seven straight Elite Eight games since uh, going to four Final Fours between 1948 and 1964. So this is a fairly long-term thing to uh, purge. No, it is. Um, and and I'll be cur- I really will be curious to see what the atmosphere is on Saturday. Not that the atmosphere has anything to do with the, the outcome of the game, but um, – uh, Florida Atlantic, like I said, in any other time or maybe opponent, Florida Atlantic would be the the darling. But with with this Kansas State team playing in this city in this building, um, I I think they will be the fan favorite of, of anybody who's a you know a, just a New York basketball fan. So that's a great point. I don't think people are going to look at the seed and say, "Ooh, number nine seed Florida Atlantic, we need to be cheering for them." I think this building. Especially today when uh, you walk around the streets and you see Marquise Noel on the cover of all these sports tabloids. This city is rooting hard for for him and Ish and Naquan. So they're they're going to, yeah, even if it's not true K-State fans, I think they're going to have the crowd on their, on their side. Cannot wait to see it on Saturday. I'll be covering the games in Kansas City tonight. Looking forward to that. It's been a fun NCAA tournament, and who knows? Maybe we'll all meet in Houston next week. How cool would that be? All right. For Kellis Robinette and Vahe Gregorian, I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Thanks for listening to Sportsbeat KC. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to Monty Davis for producing today's show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette and Vahe Gregorian for sharing their insights. You know, another cool thing about Morning Sports Edition is not only do you get to read what Kellis and Vahe and Taylor Eldridge and other reporters we had at the game said, you'll read reports from other writers who were covering the game. Plus, there's so much more about the NCAA tournament and everything else in sports. The address is liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.